Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. promises us that he would speak to his people but if you're not on speaking terms with God and when you're speaking to him give him a little time to talk to you sometimes you gotta listen (laughs) you speak for a while then you just sit silently and say speak Lord for your servant is listening Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Do you need advice or wisdom? Are you feeling discouraged or lonely? If your answer is yes to either question, perhaps it is time to pray. In today's message from Luke chapter 11, Pastor Ed teaches us that we gain access to heavenly wisdom through prayer. We also experience divine fellowship with the Father when we pray. Pastor Ed encourages us to leave time for listening when we pray. If we go to God without giving Him time to speak to us, we will miss out on His important words to us. Now here's Pastor Ed with part two of today's message entitled, The Prayer Life of Jesus. questions. Do you have a place? Maybe it's your backyard. Maybe it's a special room in your house and you get in that chair and whenever you sit in that chair you just open the Bible and you just pray. Perhaps it's walking in your neighborhood. You feel much more comfortable when you walk and pray. Or or perhaps it's going to a, a, a park But you need a place where you meet with God and you pray to Him. Sometimes I I have to get away to pray. Do you have a plan in your prayer? Praying for family, praying for friends, uh, praying for the needs of the church, praying for what God may place on your heart. Uh, My father-in-law, every single morning, Almost he gets up and he prays his children, their spouses, the grandchildren. I mean, he has this long list. So he's walking and he's 82 now. He's going on 83. He just walks and he prays and he has his prayer list and so consistent with it. And I just want to encourage you. Jesus had a life of prayer. It was consistent He started his ministry praying, and he ended his ministry praying. And all in between, he prayed. Um, Maybe you want to use the acronym. You've heard of it, ACTS. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Uh, Or you take the Lord's Prayer, and you take every phase. I did a series on that uh, several years ago. And you just take every phase of the Lord's prayer and you begin praying through that Our Father. And you begin to pray, okay, Lord, we're a family. 
God, meet the needs of my brothers and sisters. You're our Father. Then hallowed be thy name. Lord, may I do nothing to disgrace your name. Nothing to uh, bring shame to your name. Hallowed be your name. Lord, your kingdom come. God, would you come back? Would you return to this world? Would you reign in the hearts of men? Your will be done. Often I go to that aspect of the Lord's prayers. I'm praying through it at times. And I'm saying, Lord, do your will in the church. Do your will in my life. Do your will in our community. As it's done in heaven, may it be done perfectly. But you, you just work your way down through the Lord's prayer. It begins with God's concerns and it ends with your concerns. Just working your way through that. Consistently pray during busy times of life. And all of us are busy. Consistently pray during the emotional stresses of life. Sometimes because we get pounded by the devil. He does. I mean, he attacks you. He attacks you in a multitude of ways. And sometimes... You're not sure. Why are my emotions down here when it should be over here? Why am I feeling this way when I should be feeling that way? And and we forget that there's a spiritual battle going on. And Jesus was going through such a battle. In Mark chapter 14, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. What does Jesus do? Stay here and keep watch. Go a little farther. He fell to the ground and prayed that if it be possible, the hour might pass from him. He's in the garden of Gethsemane. I've been to that garden where they said Jesus prayed. And you think of Jesus praying by these trees in this garden and his disciples just a short distance away. And there he is falling on the ground praying, crying out to God. His emotional distresses drew in the God. Didn't form a wedge between him and God. Didn't form a wall between him and God. Didn't separate him from God. No, it pushed him to God. In Psalm 42, you see the psalmist in a deep time of sorrow and that time of deep turmoil he says as the deer pants after the water brook so pantheth my soul after thee O God and perhaps the psalmist had in mind a deer running through the forest being chased by hunters and the deer runs through by the water brook but he's thirsting he's running to quench his thirst and that's what the trials should do for us as they come into our life let them push you towards God. Go to Him and have your thirsty soul quenched. And and that's what the psalmist is saying. There are weary times in our life. There are times where we can get so distracted, discouraged, disappointments, uh, when you feel like just sort of giving up. At that time, what do you do? What do you, what did Jesus do? He prayed. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, all I ask 
is to be like Him all through life's journey from earth to glory. All I ask is to be like Him. The songwriter was saying, we need to be like Jesus. If you're going to be like Jesus, it starts with prayer. It starts with that. If you want to be Christ-like, begin with the basics. Consistently pray. I, I talked to a very godly woman this past week. And she said, Pastor, and, and the woman has a prayer life and, and just loves the Lord. And she said, Pastor, everything I've asked God for recently has gone in the opposite direction. Every prayer that I've prayed was answered in a way that I just hadn't anticipated, hadn't expected. And she said, I'm afraid to pray anymore. I'm afraid to ask God for anything else. And sometimes... Discouragement sets in. But I want to take you back, take our congregation back. What happened this summer during Pastor Lou's illness? We did what we were supposed to do. We prayed. Special prayer meetings, people gathered Tuesday night, they gathered on a Saturday, we gathered Wednesday, they gathered in the morning, people in their own individual lives. We began to pray. What did God do? Well, God chose to answer the prayer the way he saw fit. But we saw miracles in our church during this time of prayer. When the evangelist was here, Kevin Shorey, a young lady by the name of Kelly, she's preparing to get married in September, her and... Tara were coming for counseling and their premarital counseling. They're getting ready to get married. And she complained in the session about her neck. There was a lump on the back of her neck, pain in her neck. She just wasn't feeling well. And in service, Kevin Shuri said, There's someone with a lump in the back of their neck. They're not feeling well. I saw her just sort of break down and cry. And there were all sorts of people here. And I said, I think God's speaking for you. That's for you. And uh, uh, Pastor Terry saw her and, and, and brought the evangelist to her. He laid hands and she was instantly healed. It was gone. Disappeared. A miracle happened. Some of you may have heard the testimony of Craig Andrus. Craig had... Um, asthma and he had allergies and he couldn't sleep with the window open and he was suffering physically and during the services God healed his body now when we get close to God things are going to happen we may not see maybe the thing that we were thinking about maybe God's going to do something else but don't let discouragement keep you back from praying. Continue to pray. Uh, something else about Jesus' prayer life. Not only was it consistent, it was a fervent prayer life. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 to 8. 
While Jesus was here on earth, he offered prayers and pleadings with a loud cry and tears. In the Greek language where it says loud cry at that moment, that didn't mean he was crying. That meant he was shouting. I mean, he was saying, Father! He was saying, God! Yahweh! It's okay to get emotional about prayer. It's okay to get excited about prayer. And Jesus crying. Maybe that's why the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. We hear you pray. And things happen. And so Jesus prayed with a a fervency. There are times that you have to get on your face before God and you have to weep. There are other times where you have to give up sleep and you have to just sleep and and say, all right, I got to get up and pray this past week. Early one morning, I felt like God gave me a dream and he said, get up and pray. And I got up and I began to pray for the church. I began to intercede. God will speak to us. And nothing is wrong. Don't be upset when I say this. Nothing is wrong with reading a prayer. There's some beautiful prayers composed by saints of the past. And I sometimes will take a prayer that has been prayed and read and and I'll pray that to God and my feelings and emotions, my thoughts find expression through that beautifully crafted prayer. But that's not the only way I pray. Sometimes I just get before God and I just pray in the Spirit and then I pray with my understanding uh, and I pour out my heart to God. Jesus prayed fervently. Uh, We need to pray fervently for people. We need to pray fervently for ourselves. We need to pray fervently for the church. And it says in the text, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. You know, he has this deep reverence for God and God's going to hear him. God's not going to take the cup from him, but God's going to send the angels to refresh him and strengthen him. And, And he was heard because of his deep reverence for God. You can shout and still be reverent to God. You don't have to be. To be reverent. Sometimes reverence is best illustrated in a shout of praise to the Lord of glory. And there's a quote that I want to just read. Jesus was a man of prayer whose natural response, particularly to situations of crisis and decision, was to seek God alone in prayer. Seek God alone in prayer. He had a continuous prayer life, a fervent prayer life. And we'll quickly go through this because I want to end this time in prayer. A continuous prayer life. Notice the text. Jesus often, often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. As I mentioned earlier, the beginning of his ministry, he prays. He's getting baptized in the Jordan. And as he prays, the Bible says the heavens are open. It says, as he was praying, heaven was open. Luke 3.21. Uh, when you begin praying, God will open revelation to you. 
God will open your heart, your mind. There'll be experiences with him. Before Jesus made any major decision, he prayed. In Luke 6, 12 to 13, one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He prayed to God all night. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. It was a major decision. These men were going to carry on the church. These men were going to represent him. They were his apostles. What did he do before he had that decision to make? He prayed. He sought God. You may have major decisions that you have to make. Your job, finances, relationships, Pray about that. That's what Jesus did. Every major decision, he's seeking. Now, he had incredible wisdom. He knew the word. He was the word. He had lived a perfect, holy life. But yet Jesus, before he makes a decision, doesn't depend on his intuition alone. He depends on the Father guiding him. Oh, I have wisdom to do that. Oh, you should know how to do that. No, 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 no. It's good to have experience and it's good to have intuition and it's good to have... The, but you pray, God, speak to me because there are things that I can't see that you can see. And major events. I think about Luke chapter 9. About eight days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John up to a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face was transformed and his clothes became dazzling white. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared and began talking with Jesus. This was a transfiguration. They saw Jesus with Moses and Elijah the prophet and they were talking about Jesus' death on Calvary. It was a revelation to them. It was strengthened to Jesus. I think about times earlier this year and even last year, we were in my office and just began to pray. And a presence came down and we couldn't leave the office. We spent hours worshiping, praying. And I, I remember through the years those times of deep intercession where God would give an insight this is what you need to do. This is how you need to approach that. And God would direct us. We need as Christians, as believers, as followers of Christ, to have these times with God. And I tell you, we'll hear and we'll see and we'll experience. You know, the Bible promises us that he would speak to his people. But if you're not on speaking terms with God... And when you're speaking to him, give him a little time to talk to you. Sometimes you've got to listen. <laughs> you speak for a while, and then you just sit silently and say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. If we're going to follow Jesus' model of prayer... It's going to have to be a prayer that's continuous. You see at the beginning of his ministry, major decisions, major events, the ending of his ministry. What's the very last thing Jesus does before he leaves this world? It's found in Luke 23, 46. And Jesus 
crying out with a loud voice again. All of his strength, all of his energy, his last bit of breath and strength, he cries out to God and he commits his spirit into the hands of his father in prayer. He goes out praying. Jesus was effective in prayer. Now, there are a number of reasons that he was effective in prayer. One of the things, he always prayed for the glory of God the Father. He wanted the Father to be glorified. That was bottom line for Jesus. If we pray in Jesus' name, we're going to pray like Jesus prayed. Yeah, Jesus, you see him praying before a miracle happened and after some supernatural event happened. You see Jesus often thanking God in prayer. But he had effective prayer. In verse 25, therefore, speaking about his present ministry in heaven for us, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus was powerfully effective on Calvary when he cried out, it is finished. He destroyed the power of sin and death in the believer's life. But Jesus is equally effective in heaven praying that we would experience the fullness of our salvation. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for this church. I think about one example from his earthly life. It says in the text, he's able to save completely. I love that. He's able to save completely in verse 25. And then Luke 22, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. The enemy wanted to sift Peter like wheat. In other words, picture a farmer sifting the wheat, throwing it up in the air, and it comes back down and he shakes it around, throwing it up in the air. Do you ever feel like the devil's doing that to you? Throwing you up and tossing you around and, and affecting you here and affecting you there. Jesus was praying for Peter. He said, Peter, I want you to know that I'm praying you See, there was something going on in the spiritual world that Peter wasn't even aware of, that none of the apostles were going aware of. There was a battle in the spiritual world that Jesus had knowledge of. And he said, Satan has requested, he's desired, he's wanted to sift you. But I've prayed. Has God ever pushed you into a prayer closet and say, pray for this brother, pray for this sister, and you have a burden and you begin to travail? See, that's entering into the prayer of Jesus. That's praying in Jesus' name. When he puts on you that burden that he himself has as he is praying and interceding for his church, we're to continue his works, not our works, his works. We triumph, the Bible says, in the work of his hands, what he's doing. Jesus said, all that the Father does, that's what I'm doing. 
but I see my father do. And so God give us insight so that we could intercede and pray because the enemy has targeted people to take them out, to destroy them. I want to ask you, can you hear him? Can you hear him? Praying to the Father for you. Well, that's all the time we have for today's edition of Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. There's more to come from Pastor Ed's teaching through the Gospel of Luke. We encourage you to download today's message again to review. Simply log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and select today's date from the Building in Faith media player. Again, that's buildinginfaithradio.com. Maybe today's message brought a family member or friend to mind. You can share today's message via Facebook and Twitter by simply logging on to buildinginfaithradio.com and clicking on today's date. There, you'll find all the options to share. Now, we'd like to invite you to join us at Faith Assembly for worship on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. For driving directions and more information, log on to buildinginfaithradio.com and follow the link to Faith Assembly. Or feel free to give us a call at 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You've been listening to Building in Faith with Dr. Ed Jones. We invite you to join Pastor Ed as he continues teaching through the Word of God, right here on Building in Faith. Your Word restores.